everyone this is sonali mangal and welcome to another episode of learn educate discover on this podcast we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about the goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide does a certain job sound interesting to them and if yes how do they go about exploring it further now on today's episode we are going to be talking to shireen kasam now shireen is really interesting she has managed to build up almost two careers in parallel to each other she works as a marketing manager at disney and in parallel she has also built up a career as a successful stand up comedian Shireen routinely performs in cities in the US as well as cities outside the US. She has worked with comedians such as Arsenio Hall and Mike Kaplan. She has made appearances on HBO and NBC and was also named one of Orlando Business Journal's 40 under 40 in 2021. Most recently, Shireen gave her own TEDx talk titled How Chicken Wings Made Me Unstoppable. And so, we'll be talking to Shireen about two things. First, we'll be talking to her about how has she managed to build up a career in comedy while also having a full-time day job. I thought this would be an interesting topic for anyone who is perhaps in a position of having certain areas that they're really passionate about but do not know how to make the time to actually work on those passion projects while also having a full-time job. And so we hear Shireen's perspective in terms of how she manages her time and what are some of the trade-offs and the and decisions that she has to make to make this possible. The other thing that we talked to Shireen about is just her TEDx talk, how she got the idea, what's the message behind her TEDx talk, and what was the process she followed to even land the TEDx talk. So I hope you'll find the discussion helpful. Of course, as always, if you have any questions or comments, you can always email us at hello at learneducatediscover.com. You can also tweet at us at LED underscore curator. All right, with that, let's now listen to Shireen. Shireen, hello, welcome to the show. Hey, Sonali, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for making the time and huge congratulations on your TEDx talk. Thank you. Thank you so much. I can't believe it's been what, a couple years, three years since we when we did our first episode together. That's right. Yeah, you've come on the podcast before where you talked about building a career as a comedian. And it's actually a great place to start because I wanted to talk to you about how you're right now you're working in marketing at Disney. You have a full-on career as a comedian you were doing your own podcast also for a while and then you go for a lot of speaking gigs that's a lot of stuff do, do you feel stretched <laughs> you know people always ask me that and i always just say when you're passionate about something you'll find the time to do it um i will i will say though that since covid i have bec- i have slowed down i don't know if that's age or because i <laughs> realize how much i enjoy being by myself in my house watching tv which is a really bad <laughs> habit that I picked up during covid but um yeah i always tell people like when you find something that you're passionate about you will find the time to do it 
but te- tell me a little bit more about this. So, on a typical in a typical week, how much time are you spending across all of these things? Oh, good question. Work. I mean, I put in my forty hours. I don't want to say I do less because in case they listen. <laughs> Um, comedy, comedy has actually, because I'm at a level now of doing comedy, I don't have to go out as many days a week. So when I was first starting to do comedy, and I think when we first spoke, I used to go out every night to perform, Hmm. um, maybe, maybe take like one day off or two days off. So I was out in about five nights a week doing comedy and then writing in the afternoons and, and doing, and doing all that stuff. Now that I'm more accomplished in the, in the comedy space and, um, I've moved up to feature slash headliner, which is like the highest positions. Cool. Congratulations. I I don't necessarily have to go out every night to practice. I mean, it's still a good thing to go out and practice. I'm not saying you shouldn't go out. Um, but I can always, I always try to just interject the new stuff in my longer sets because now I have 45 minutes. So I can always just try my new stuff while I'm doing my set. Um, so I, I save a little time there so I don't have to go out Monday, Sundays and Mondays, which I love because I, those are days I think that you still should sleep. <laughs> and then, um, I put my podcast on hold, like we've mentioned, I mentioned, you mentioned earlier because I just, I, I, I wasn't passionate about it anymore. I'd lost my passion for it. And so I wasn't investing the time that I needed to invest in making it a good product mm. and good content to put out there. Mm. Um, so now I spend a lot of my time because I have gotten, like I said, I love being at home now because of COVID. I spend a lot of time trying to do things in front of the camera that I can do in my house. So TikTok videos, YouTube videos, Mm. um, any, any type of content that doesn't necessarily require me to be around people. (laughs) But this is, you know, this, I mean, it's, it's still really incredible. And what you mentioned that at the beginning, when you were starting out, you were going out and performing every single day. And perhaps even taking some time off for you to to be able to do that. So a question for you and, you know, feel free to answer to the extent you want to. But did you go through a phase of feeling, you know, a little bit like any sense of guilt? And what I mean by that is, um, you know, for a lot of people who are, you know, similarly sort of they have a full time job, not something that they're particularly passionate about. They have this other side hustle thing that they want to do. But then as they start spending a lot of time doing it, they feel that, okay, wait, is my is my job suffering? Am I doing the wrong thing? What if the side hustle doesn't work out? So did you go through a phase like that? No, never. I, I Sometimes I, I go through the phase where I feel like I'm putting too much into my side hustle or like, I don't even want to call comedy a side mm. hustle. I feel like it's a small business at this point mm. um, that... That no, I, I don't think I've ever looked at work. I never looked that I wasn't putting in my all at work, but I do, you do have, I do have this um, push and pull at work with my ego per se, because on the one hand, we're, we're educated, we're ambitious, we want to make it to the top, right? Yeah. And so I always am at work thinking, I want to be, I want to be promoted. I want to be a VP. I want to be CMO. I want to be CEO. But then I have to like step back and say, but if you do all that, then will you have time to invest right. in all these other passion projects that you have? Right. And I always tell myself, no, I want time to spend on my passion projects. But then when I see people at work getting promoted, I'm like, oh, that could have been me. Hmm. And so that's where I kind of have to really um, step back a lot of times and tell myself and, 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 and work through like what's really happening and where do I really want to be in my life? So that's a, that's a really, really good point. 
and it it sounds like that this is sort of a conscious trade off that you're making. Oh yeah, it, I every day like last week they promoted me without asking me, <laughs> and I was like, so what does that mean? And they were like, you should be excited, and I was like. Oh yeah, I should say thank you. But in the back of my head, I was like, "But oh, what does that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they all know that you're doing comedy, right? Huh? They all know that you are a comedian. Yeah, no, they all know, but I don't think they also know that I have two Ivy League degrees, right? right. And I, I'm an ambitious, motivated individual, and I'm hardworking, and I I want to do good at my job. So they also don't, but they so they don't know that I'm having this push pull hmm. issue where it's like I don't want to lose time to not be able to do my passion projects. Right, 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 right. And you don't want to tell anyone that, right? You don't want to be like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty happy where I am. <laughs> no, of course not. And and I think this is a this is a really classic thing which is that for someone like you and for a lot of smart and ambitious people, you can make that choice of just kind of going full on with your whatever sort of your day day job is and and try and make that happen to the extent you can. Or you're consciously consciously carving time out to do this other thing. How how did you make like what were some of the questions that you asked yourself to help give you that clarity? That I wanted to spend time doing passion projects. Yeah. You know, one of the things people ask me all the time is like, why don't I just quit my full time job and and be a full time stand up comedian? And I mm. think it comes back to this question of if I have to survive on my creativity, like once you take creativity and you make it your, your livelihood and something you have to pay for, like make money from, I feel like you, I lose some of that passion. Hmm. Um, I'm not as passionate about something because now I'm stressed. Now I'm like, Oh my goodness, I have to make this work. Cause I have to come up with good ideas cause I have to make money. And so that's how I've kind of like laid it out for myself working, working nine to five lets me use a part of my brain that I wouldn't get doing comedy. And it lets me stay sharp. And it lets me work on really interesting projects. And like you mentioned, I'm in marketing. So I get to learn, I get to learn all these marketing tactics and different functions mm. that I can then use to push out my creativity. And so I'm, I'm, I enjoy learning on both sides, but also not feeling this stress that I have to take this thing that I love, which is comedy and podcasting and content creation and make money from it, like full-time money from it, where then it becomes stressful. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's a great point that right now, you're almost finding things that you can learn from one and apply to the other, and vice versa, which is great. Um, so tell us a little bit about how, like, are you doing anything? Are you following any rituals or processes to help you manage your time better over a week between your job and comedy? That is a great question. That is a really good question. I I do try to I do try to keep like a I have a passion journal or I think it's called a passion something passion passion something, <laughs> and it and it has you lay out your day by morning, afternoon, and and evening, and it's great because it's not by the hour, but it helps me kind of keep in keep in check. Like, did I did I write today? Did I journal today? Did I did I focus on myself? Did I meditate? And I really enjoy it because I'm not. I'm not pressured to get things done within a time slot, but it's just a good reminder to me, like, did you do all these things? And I don't know how it is for you out there in California, but we've just started going back into the office in a mm -hmm. hybrid model. And I will tell you, it has made, it has made, it's put me off a, on a, like a, what do you call it? Like, I feel like my train is off track. And so, yes, <laughs> I definitely keep myself in check by, mm. by writing every day, like free writing every day about like what I need to get done in the day. 
so it's like a so you have like a daily top level goals that you want to accomplish mm-hmm. yes for I sure see. i see otherwise i would just be watching law and order svu every day. <laughs> i know <laughs> i know but then you know there's also this issue of context switching where like does it happen to you that you're at work but you're thinking about comedy or you're or you know you're trying to I don't know how your comic process is, but like you're trying to think up of jokes, but then something at work is stressing you out. Like, do you find yourself struggling through that? No, I'm very good about setting boundaries. And I think that's super important as a creative. So like when I'm at work, I'm at work. And once I leave the office, that now it's my time. Mm, okay. So you're very, so it's like your nine to five or nine to six is your job. And then after that is comedy time. Correct. And I mean, I'll check my, I have a, I have my work phone and I'll check it at night just to make sure I'm not missing anything. But no, I've set very clear boundaries for myself. Like there's, unless it's super urgent, right? Like, but nothing, but nothing's going to, nobody's going to die if you don't get something done. Mm. That's my new motto. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So let's say someone listens to this and they say like, Hey, you know, I, Shireen, I have my own passion project, but I'm kind of struggling to figure out how to manage my time between my day job and my project. What would be your top two to three suggestions to them? Well, one, understand the job that you're doing. Is it something that you enjoy doing and are passionate about it? And and ask yourself, like, is that is it stressing you out? Because if it's really stressing you out and it's like, like when I used to work in investment banking, right, we would get to work at like seven or eight in the morning and we would be there until midnight, one, two. There was no time to be a creative. Yeah. There was no time to have passion. And I didn't like the job. So I was like, why am I doing this? So sometimes it's just like, just it's even thinking about are you in the right job to pursue your passion projects like and again that your ego will come into play because you're going to have to say to yourself like do I leave this high profile investment banking job to go work somewhere else but maybe my hours will be better and I'll have more time mm. um, and so really you you got to just think look deep inside and say what what is important to you and then how do you shift those things to work for you yeah, I think having that self-awareness is so important, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not very easy important. to do. And I, and I tell you, your ego is going to get in the way the whole time. And you just got to keep reminding yourself why you do what you do. So are you, are you just like good at it from the get-go? Like this wasn't <laughs> a, a problem for you at all? No, it's definitely a problem. I mean, when we were at Wharton together, people would always make fun of me because they were always like, oh, I'm going to apply for this job and this job and I'm going to be... I'm going to be a partner at McKinsey and they'd be like, Shireen, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I don't want to be a partner at McKinsey because if I'm a partner, I can't do comedy. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people thought it was weird that my, that my priorities were so to them were skewed. But to me, I, this is what I enjoy doing. This brings me happiness in life. And I honestly think I'm happier than the person who's a partner at McKinsey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you gave your own TEDx talk. I mean, that is a huge accomplishment Tell us a little bit about what your TEDx talk is about. Yeah, sure. So my TEDx talk is about claiming your uniqueness. Like we all, we're all unique in some way, but a lot of times through our journey, we start to shift, we start to change and we take on, we take on other people's traits so that we can fit in. And my TEDx talk is about this idea of chicken wings. And if you mess up chicken wings, you can always resauce them. And you want to keep resaucing this chicken wing until you enjoy what you're eating. And so why don't we do that in our own lives? Why don't we resauce ourselves to find our most authentic selves so that we actually enjoy life? And how, how did you come up with the idea for this TEDx talk? <laughs> eating chicken wings. <laughs> 
No, how did I come up with the idea? That's a really good question. So it was funny in 2020, I got asked to do a keynote um, for a women's event. And the, the topic was, how do you be unstoppable? And the, the goal of the keynote was I was supposed to rah-rah the audience to make them excited about 2021, like coming out of, well, we at this point, we thought we were coming out of COVID in 2020. So it was like, how do you get excited for, for 2021? And I was just spiraling because I was like, how am I unstoppable? Like, mm-hmm. I, I never really looked at myself as being unstoppable. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized, like, I became unstoppable when I started living my true life. Like when I left my investment banking job, when I left my job at Amazon, when I realized what was important to me and what made me happy and I stopped trying to fit in and fit other people's mold. Um, and then I really, really love chicken wings. Like I, I love chicken <laughs> wings. And so th- I just thought, how can I make this fun and funny and really get home a message at the same time? And can you share some examples from your uh your, your journey as a comedian where you've applied sort of this resourcing concept that like how you yourself have sort of come into your own. Yeah, sure. So th- due to co- like comedy has opened up so many doors for me. And so one of the doors that opened up was actually radio. So I actually at one point was on two radio shows. One, mm-hmm. one of them, I was like a part of the show and the other one, I was actually the main host. It was my show. And I was doing a comedy show in Melbourne, Florida. And a table in the front got really upset at me because, well, they were already upset at me because I was brown and I was a woman, but they got more upset when I said I was Muslim and they threw this big fit and they went to the manager of the club and they got me banned from the club. They went on social media. They disparaged me. They called me all types of names. And the radio show people said, listen, this is not a good look. Um, we're, we're partners with this comedy club. Like we need them. We can't lose this partnership. You need to make an apology. And I refused. I said, no, I am not apologizing for being Muslim. Like, that's ridiculous. And so I walked away from my own radio show and I resourced myself. I went and started my podcast called Creative Breakthrough. And um, I had this awesome opportunity not only to continue to share my voice, which is what I loved about radio, but now I got to do it on my own terms. Nobody could tell Mm -hmm. me what I could and could not say. Mm -hmm. And so I got to have these conversations with people talking about things that actually mattered to me. Um, and then the really cool thing is like, I, I knew the numbers from the radio show. I knew how many people were listening and in what States my podcast was triple the number of listeners. And I was reaching countries now, like I was around the world, which was incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, and then last year I won, I won the international podcasting award for best business podcast, which never could have imagined doing in radio as a new person coming into radio. And so definitely look at back at that experience. And while I hate that I had to walk away because somebody got upset at me. It's it it allowed me to find my authentic voice and go do something that I was more passionate about. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. And it's I mean, I'm just amazed that stuff like that still happens, but I guess it, it does happen quite a bit. It still happens. But Yeah, I don't know if it's different but, because I'm in Florida, but yeah, it happens on a constant basis here. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess like, you know, in as a comedian or as, or as a performer, you're also exposing yourself to so many different people all the time that mm-hmm. you are going to run into this, these kind of things. But it, I guess it also helped you transform and uh, the podcast wouldn't have happened if you weren't put yeah. into that situation. No, for, and that's the thing. I think people, we sometimes we forget to look at the bright, the silver lining when things like this happen. Like I could have left the radio show and fallen into depression and spiraled and been really angry and upset and let those people win. 
even my co-host let them win. And I was like, no, I'm not going to like, I have a voice and this is what I enjoy doing. How do I go and do it in a different way? How do I resource myself and continue to do what I love? Yeah. Is, is this a conscious effort on your part? Like this kind of positive, empowering self-talk? I think so. I think I look at the world that everything happens for a reason. So I feel like when one door shuts on me, it's really understanding why did that door shut? Was it not the right opportunity for me? Is there something better behind a different door? And so I've always kind of, I never try to look at the negatives behind things. I always look at why did this happen and what's the positive that's going to come out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I've just been trained that way because growing up, as a brown Muslim woman, especially after 9-11, like I always felt that I was always at the bottom kind of like I always felt like people kept shutting the door on me. And because I never let myself kind of fall into this trap where I wasn't good enough because I'm brown and I'm Muslim, I was able to just continue to find doors to open to help me kind of keep moving up the ladder. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. How did you make the TEDx talk? Like, how did it come to be? Oh, man, it took a very long time. <laughs> um, how did it come to be? Well, you know, it's funny. So this, there is this company that keeps bugging me on LinkedIn. I'm sure we all have these companies that try to sell us stuff on LinkedIn. And they wanted to sell me a package to do a LinkedIn or a TEDx talk. But it was like a three year commitment before they thought I would be ready to do a TEDx talk. Oh, and wow. It wasn't, like, it wasn't okay. cheap. It was $12,000 a year. And I was like, you must be kidding. Wait, wait, help me. Wait, wait, wait. $6,000 to pay you. I want to understand to this. So this company is huh? like, I want to understand this. So this company is like, hey, Shireen, you seem to be like this accomplished, successful person. We think you will be ready to do a TEDx talk three years from now. And we will help you yeah. if you pay us $12,000 a year to do that, to prepare yep. you. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. And there's, there's companies out there that do this. There's companies out there that will help you pitch your TEDx talk. There's companies out there that will help you get ready for your TEDx talk. There's company, there's like companies out there that do everything under the sun and they're expensive and they don't give, I mean, granted, maybe because I, I feel like you can find this information yourself on the internet. I'm like, you don't give a lot of value for the money you're mm. charging me, but they have a lot of clients. So mm. obviously there's people out there who, who feel like it's worth it. Correct. Correct. So the, so this company restarted. So, so, did you just like take one of them or did you do something else? No, I, I don't have $36,000. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't get paid that well now that I left investment banking. <laughs> no, so I was like, I, I, I was like, what do you mean three years? You must be joking. And I wasn't in a rush to do a TEDx talk. It wasn't one of my goals, but they reached out to me. And because they reached out to me and then they got me thinking about doing a TEDx, I was like, I wonder how hard it really is to do a TEDx talk. Like, let me, let me find out. And so I was on Facebook and I saw an advert for do apply today for a TEDx talk. And I was like, Oh, look at this. Mm -hmm. Um, cause that, I mean, I know Facebook was listening to all my conversations <laughs> and, <laughs> and I printed out the application and I was like, Oh, okay, let's, let's try this. And that's really what happened. I just took that first step and I got the TEDx talk. You are, you make it sound really easy. So you literally <laughs> just applied and no, 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 I didn't just, well, I, there was, I will say the application to do a TEDx talk is very grueling. It, I, I would compare it to a college application. Like you have to think you have to go really deep. Um, you have to figure out like, what is your story and what is your big idea and how, why are you the right person to tell this story? Um, so I definitely went through different iterations of my application process. Like it was definitely a one month 
Mm. pure, like, like when you sat down to do your college applications, like, how do I write this so that I get accepted? Isn't TEDx kind of by location? Like there's a TEDx Houston, TEDx San Francisco. Yep, they're, they're all over the world. So do you, when you apply, are you applying to a certain location or are you just applying for TEDx? No, you apply to a certain location. So each location is very different. So I always, now I didn't know this when I started the process, but each location is very different in terms of the application. Some are written applications, some are video applications, some are interview process applications. Um, and then some stages are bigger, meaning like some get a bigger audience. So like, obviously, like if you did TEDx, like Los Angeles or TEDx Atlanta, you'd be in a bigger space. Um, mm. Everything is very different about each one. And some of them have themes as well. So like mine didn't have a theme, but like some will have a theme, like your talk has to be around home or technology or coming together. And so you've also got to frame your application around those themes. So if I, I would tell somebody who's looking to do a TEDx talk to do some research and watch some videos about where they would want to perform and do their TEDx talk. So how did, what was your thought process behind the location that you selected? Honestly, the Facebook ad sold me on it. I was just, I just wanted to see what an application was and see if I needed to pay somebody $36,000 to do a TEDx talk. Does the application cost a bunch of money? No, it's free to submit an application. Oh, okay, cool. So you you, so didn't... you can apply to as many as you want. So like, I know somebody who applied to 143 different TEDx locations before he got one. Oh my God. So wait, I mean... What was your, I mean, I know like for a lot of people, like, you know, being on that stage is like one of your life achievements kind of thing. But for you, I'm sh- I'm sure this is like a personal moment for you, but uh, has it been worth it? Like all that effort? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to say yes, because the purpose of me doing the TEDx talk was really once I got my idea on paper, the goal was to inspire people. And the goal was to share my story with people to make to show people that the world doesn't end if something bad happens. I, we've all gone through traumatic experiences, um, whatever they may be in our personal lives and our careers. And sometimes those they're setbacks and we look at them as setbacks and we spiral a little bit and we fall into depression and we think it's never going to get better. And the idea behind my TEDx talk was really to show people that it is possible to get back out of that rabbit hole. It is mm-hmm. possible to survive and it is possible to resource your life and change whatever happened to you and still become the person you want to be. And I will say that the TEDx talk was totally worth it because after my talk, this woman came up to me, she was there live and she was crying oh. because my talk really impacted her and hit her like the stories I told. And that to me made it all worth it that I made it, even if I just made an impact on that one person, it was enough for me. Yeah, of course. No, I mean, I've listened to your talk. I I think it's really good. So highly recommend all our listeners to check out the talk. Also, we link to the the talk in the show notes. Um, Do you have any advice for people who might be interested in giving their own TEDx talk one day? Yeah, sure. So I would say a couple of things. One, watch a lot of TEDx talks. Um, and, and, and search for TEDx talks in your, in your space, like what you're interested in and take notes. Like, what did you like about them? What did you not like about them? Um, cause all of that becomes really important when you start crafting your story. 
And really spend time thinking, what is your big idea? That's what TEDx is all about. What is your big idea? And through the whole process, people just kept asking me, what is your big idea? What is your big idea? And you have to be able to synthesize it. And it has to be something that nobody's ever spoken about in the way that you want to speak about it. So don't think, don't just think you're going to come up with it overnight. Like it's going to take some time just really drilling in and digging deep about it, but don't be afraid. Cause I think the more you spend thinking about your big idea, the better your talk will be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you must have practiced your talk quite a bit, right? Like I, I know for Ted, at least they make you like literally memorize the whole thing, mm-hmm. so that, you know, that you can recite it in your sleep. Yeah, it's ingrained in you. It's still ingrained. There's days when I'm like taking a shower and I start to say my talk and I'm like, stop it. You're taking a shower. You, you're not the time yeah. to talk about your TEDx talk. Yeah, yeah. Did you, were there any interesting things you tried out to just um, make your speech more powerful? Yeah, I mean, to make it more powerful, it was definitely about being authentic and being vulnerable. I think, and, and you've heard it, like, I think being, being vulnerable in, in anything you do, I think helps just make things more powerful because now people can relate to you. And it's such a hard thing to do. I think that's one thing people have said to me consistently. Like, I can't believe you were so vulnerable, but the fact that they're saying that means they actually then listen to the talk. Right. Um, <laughs> and it, it's my story and I have to, I have to embrace those parts of my life that are vulnerable because it's part of who I became as a person. It changed my life. So I can't avoid those things. And by avo- if I hadn't talked about them, then my talk wouldn't be authentic. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you so much, Shireen. This was extremely helpful. Once again, we will link to your TEDx talk. I think everyone should check it out. Uh, but I'm sure this is going to be super inspiring even for others who are considering doing their own TEDx talk at some point. So thank you. Yeah, and if you have anybody has questions or anything, feel free to send them my way. Happy to help. Yeah, what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, you can find me on social media. I'm at Funny Brown Girl on every social media handle. So just send me a DM. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Shireen. Take care. Bye. Yeah, thanks, Sonali. All right, I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Of course, if you have any questions, any comments or ideas for how we can improve the podcast or suggestions for other content that we can feature on the podcast, please do let us know. You can email us at hello at learneducatediscover.com or tweet at us at LED underscore curator. I repeat, that's LED underscore curator. You can also subscribe to our newsletter, In our newsletter, we share updates on new episodes, interesting articles and resources that can be helpful for you. We also source questions for guests that we are going to be featuring on the podcast. So I highly recommend that you subscribe to the newsletter. You can do that by going to our website at learneducatediscover.com. I repeat, that's learneducatediscover.com. On the website, you'll also find all our past discussions that we've done on LED so far as well as other helpful career resources. All right, thank you so much for listening. And until the next time, bye-bye.